Does your ass smell? Do you want to feel fresh and clean all day long? Of course you do. That's why you need soap. Soap is specifically formulated to gently clean, leaving you feeling refreshed and confident. Washing your ass with soap provides more than just a clean feeling and helps to maintain good hygiene and can even reduce the risk of skin irritation and infection. Soap, the simple solution for a clean and refreshed ass. Try it today and feel the difference. Soap, available wherever they sell soap. Kevin, let me tell you, this evening I had the perfect real-life scenario for the very beginning of a body swap film. <laughs> Me and my son, about an hour ago, had a row. Oh my God, we had a row. Oh. And he's gone to bed. I'm team Luke. Yeah, you're te- I wouldn't blame <laughs> it. He's gone to bed going, my dad is the worst dad in the world. And I'm going, my son don't is Don't say a- <laughs> that. You don't mean that. I don't mean that. But it is the perfect alchemy of a body swap. The lightning's going to strike and I'm going to wake <laughs> up tomorrow morning in his body and he's going to wake up in my body and we're going to have that situation. Oh my God, that poor kid. <laughs> that poor, poor kid. Oh God. He's going to wake but up I'm- with like a bad back. <laughs> bad shoulder, bad <laughs> neck. Full of flatulence. <laughs> Flatulence-tastic. But I'm going to wake up and I am going to just run rings around the world. I can't wait to be in his class. First class, boy, I'm going to absolutely nail it tomorrow. Ten by six? Oh, I know. What? Whatever. Teach. Teach. <laughs> you know. Oh, but I'm going to be cr- I'm going to be terrible at Irish. That's the only thing. Absolutely awful. I'm That's all you need to know. That's all I've ever needed to know. Yeah. But I'm going to have to do it in Ulster Irish next time. Anyway, Kevin, will we get into it? Let's, Let's get, get into, into it. it. Oh. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. What did you say? You are a sad, strange little man. Don't call me stupid. Hello, and welcome to The Best Bits, a movie podcast where we pick our favorite scenes from... This is your... What? This is your your co-host, Will? Uh, Why am I in your office, Kevin? Why are there so many cats here? Why am I in your office in Donegal and there are just so many awards? Like, holy shit. That's because I'm a really great writer. And did you know that I'm in the Academy? I didn't know that. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, where's my grabber's poster? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why do I have a semi? Is this the way that you do the podcast every week? Oh, Kevin. sakes. This is so... God, Will, you're so fast. <laughs> And I'm not wearing any pants. What's going on? Podbot, what the hell has happened? When you two half was synced up, you briefly formed one whole brain. Both of you being that intelligent angered the gods. Oh my God, Kevin, what are we going to do? Combine your intellect once again to restore order in the pod booth. That makes perfect sense. That's really in keeping with this theme as well. Will, I'm so confused. All I want to do is get right back to my cozy little room. What do we always say every episode? On on three, let's oh say God. it. Okay. Okay, I'll try Three, it. Okay, well. two, one. one. This never films. happened on the set of Grabbers. <laughs> the model. Say the fucking model. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Will. Okay. Films, films are fun. fun. Whoa! 
Oh man, <laughs> this is kind of trippy. Oh my god. Thank Christ for that. <laughs> oh my god, well listen, what are we doing this week? I'm so glad I don't have to host the episode now. Holy crap, I was hoping we might get away with that. I am hosting the episode this week, and this week we are discussing body swap scenes and movies. Yes. <laughs> I hope that got you in the mood for some body swap uh, action. I am in the mood, I'll tell you. Well, I think we've <laughs> arsed around enough. Shall we get into the topic, Kevin? Shall we? Yes, let's shall. Well, what I'm going to do, first of all, is I'm going to do a big history dump on top, on your ears, into your ears, You've okay? wet yourself and now you're going to have a dump. That's <laughs> we really, unbelievable. We really need to raise our uh, ethical bar when doing this podcast. I think we've let our standards drop so much. Do you know what it is? It's the fact that we don't have guests. We just start acting the maggot. Oh, totally. It's like there's no teacher in class, so it's like, yeah. Uh, Let's start scribbling all the copy books. It is. That's exactly it. We've just become <laughs> complete delinquents. That's we, exactly it. We just it. don't respect the podcast, each other, or any of our listeners. <laughs> or ourselves. <laughs> or ourselves. Obviously. Obviously. <sighs> well, first of all, right, what do you think, what do you classify as a body swap film? Because when I was looking out there, uh, I there are some there are some people who take the classification very very literally, where it is two beings in two bodies and they they swap consciousness mm-hmm. and they're in each other's bodies and that's the kind of classic example of a body swap. Uh, you know, the Freaky Friday, I think, is the okay. The, 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 do you want me to answer it or do you want to answer? Yeah, it? what do you, how would you what would you <laughs> where what are your parameters? How does your you know head go with the parameters of it? Well, off the top of my head. I think that a body swap, also named a mind swap or soul swap or brain swap, is storytelling device seen in a variety of science and supernatural fiction in which two people or beings exchange minds and end up in each other's bodies. In media, such as television and film, the device is an opportunity for two actors to temporarily play each other's characters, although in some cases, dialogue is dubbed by the original voices. Well done, children, for reading out of, you know, that was off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Off the body swap textbook. When I started looking at lists, it was a little bit, a lot of people made kind of like more vague definition of what the body swap was. I have an issue with one particular title that is on almost every list of best body swap movies. Go on, say it now. Will I say it right now? Okay, it's big. Okay, go on. Because there's no body swapping in Big. It's just that he jumps into his future self. So mm-hmm. there isn't a swap, really. If there was, if there was like the, his older self swapped into his boyhood self, then yeah. I think it would be more, it would fit the parameters of what a body swap is. Because if, yeah. if you say to me, well, I want you to write me a body swap movie. I'm not going to think of Big as an example of that. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And yes... It is the prime example when anyone, I think most people think of body swap films, it's one of the first ones that comes to mind, I imagine. You know, it certainly is. And And also there's ones where... I think that's a perfect one where you go, oh, hang on a second, not technically a body swap. So can you can you classify it? Yeah. Um, but and what's the history? The earliest body swap film I, f- I found was a, in, in Hollywood was a film called uh, Turnabout, which came out in 1940. It was uh, directed by Hal Roach, who made a lot of the Harold Lloyd comedies. The following year, a film came out called Here Comes Mr. Jordan, which is an hmm. adaptation of a play called Heaven Can Wait, right? Right. And... 
I, the year after that, a film came out called Heaven Can Wait, but it was it was wasn't an adaptation of Heaven Can Wait. It just stole the title, but nothing nothing to do. It was a heavenly thing, but it wasn't to do with that film at all. Oh, but then the gas thing about it was so after 1941, there was a huge gap, and the next body swap film to come out was in 1964 called Charlie Charlie, starring Co- Tony Curtis. Right, huh. and then there's another twelve year gap. So there was a good you know, twenty three, twenty four year gap between uh, body swap films coming out, and then in the seventies, in the late seventies, we had two films which really kickstarted the subgenre or just that story type in kind of like contemporary Hollywood films. Can you guess them? Actually, Freaky Friday is definitely one. Yes. What was the other one? Uh, like father, like son. No, the second one, and I think this was the one that really got Hollywood interested, uh, was Heaven Can Wait. So I've already mentioned Heaven Can Wait, which was a remake of Here Comes Mr. Jordan, which was originally titled Heaven Can Wait. So it reclaims the title. That's not at all what I thought you were going to go with, because I read, do you know what? what? Because we're we're in this whole thing of it's upside down, it's left, it's right, it's opposite day, essentially, with a body Uh swap. I could give you my pick right now. Please do, go on. Okay, so because you, I thought you were going to go one direction with that and you didn't. Right. My favourite body swap film of all the body swap films that I have watched in the last week, and it's been a lot of them. I think whatever ones you're going to mention, I'll, I'll be able to to um, give you my thoughts on that. But yeah. my favourite body swap was one that I just discovered just a couple of days ago. And okay. I had written it off as a bad movie. It was a flop on release and it's not one that has lingered around the pop culture. And when I was sort of like in my head going through, well, I've seen this, I've seen this, I need to re- rewatch this. I had no idea about this film, for instance, and I okay. watched it because of the podcast and I discovered my favorite body swap movie because of it. And um, it's based on a novel from 1882 by Thomas Ancy Guthrie, I think I've gotten that completely wrong. And the first adaptation of that book was in 1916. And the film has the same title through all the different adaptations, and it's Vice Versa. Stop dumping on me, Dad! I've been up since six, and I have a very tough day ahead. I wish I could change places with you. Well, I wish I could, too. Inside Marshall Seymour, successful businessman, divorced father, and self-styled workaholic beats the heart of a little boy because Marshall Seymour is about to become his 11-year-old son, Charlie. Awesome! And vice versa. Maybe this happened all over America. What's going to happen to you? You're six foot two with the brain of an 11-year-old. Charlie may be getting to that age. He's losing it. Uh-huh. I think he has a crush on me. No way! You never told me you had to see my home room teacher. You never told me what have you practice. I'm in the tub, do you mind? This is the woman I couldn't live with as a husband. And now I'm going to be her son. I'll do anything you want, Sam. It's not what I want. It's what we want as a unit. She's worried about your unit, Dad. It's a Freudian nightmare. Judge Reinhold. Are you all right? Can I look all right? Fred Savage. I don't suppose you have any great coupon. Vice versa. What if we're stuck like this? Oh my God. I have to go through puberty again. 
So Judge Reinhold is the typical 80s dad. He's divorced from uh, Fred Savage's mother and he's not paying enough attention to his son. He's focused on his career. That sounds really tropey and it's very common for 80s movies where the the dad is like a workaholic and he needs to sort of have his priorities put in check. But they do it in a way that isn't sentimental, yet it has so much sentiment to it. And Fred Savage has to, to live out the rest of the next week or so with his dad in his dad's body trying to salvage his dad's career because he's got a big presentation to do and he's not prepared for it. And meanwhile, Judge Reinhold is in the body of his son who he isn't paying enough attention to and he's getting to learn all about what the kids' stresses and strains are. And it comes together in a really lovely way and they just give great performances. It's just a really strong story and excellently directed. Wow. Who directed it again? It's directed by Brian Gilbert, who's a British guy. And uh, as I said, the film flopped and it didn't do yeah. much for his career. Judge Reinhold said that after the film was a flop, it saw the decline of his career and combined with a reputation for being difficult. He said that, and this is a quote from him, that's when the phone stopped ringing for me. And so he moved out of Los Angeles to a small town in Santa Fe to basically regroup. And really, that was the end of the era of Judge Reinhold sort of like dominating the 80s but it's a it's a wow. fucking great film and really truly of all the, the the body swap movies that i watched that's my favorite body swap movie but it's not my favorite body swap scene i'm fascinated because i think this conversation is going to develop as we go along kevin but you know i i wanted to go back to and uh, do a little bit of history uh stuff on it right oh, and yeah, why oh but listen 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 but there's a, i think there's a really <laughs> interesting thing to, to pull apart here because Heaven Can Wait, right? It was box office hit. And also, it uh, had nine Academy Award nominations, right? So it was a critical and uh, financial hit. And I feel that with the... I said to you there that there was there was only about a handful of films came out, right? After 1978, up to right now, there has been at least 50 body swap films, or films that you can categorize as body swap films. So Hollywood got a real like you would you people think people associate body swap with the eighties. Yeah, that was a high point, but there was as many body swap films made in the nineties, and there's been as many body swap films made in two thousands, and it go, continues to go on. So Hollywood, as the contemporary Hollywood, really is having a love affair with the body swap subgenre. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I was like, why is Hollywood drawn to this story type? Because it's a classic, isn't it? It's like you. It's the whole adage of you walk a mile in someone else's shoes and yes. you get to basically learn that the grass isn't always greener and that sometimes you have it a lot better than you think and the other person is not being uncaring towards you. They actually have their own stresses and strains and that really, yeah. you in the, in the ones that I really like, the two that I think are great, as I said, is, is Vice Versa and the Freaky Friday remake I think is excellent because it's mm-hmm. about... It's about parents and kids being at odds and then learning to see things from each other's perspective and coming together. And more than the sort of the the ones that are a bit of a a riff on the genre, I think those ones really work because, yeah, it's walking a mile in someone else's shoes. That's exactly it. So it's it's a perfect it's a perfect vehicle for character journey. It really is. And the cynic in me thinks it's actually a really easy concept to pitch. You could pitch a body swap idea. Like, think about it. Okay, parent and child, they swap bodies for a week. Or you could use it, you can apply it to so many different genres. Like, you know, a cop and a criminal body swap for, you know, X amount of time. So you Freaky, could use it in the action the genre. The one where it's uh, the final girl and the slasher villain body swap. Yeah. 
action movie, you know, uh, Face Off. You know, that's the cop and the killer one. Tim uh, Allen and the dog. There you go. You can you can really. It's so adaptable. It really is a very adaptable story type. Two to, podcasters to a, switch. <laughs> it's incredible success. Amazing. But I'm going to throw the trivia question to you. Okay. Okay. I've got this. I've got it. What is the highest grossing body swap film what of all time? Is the highest <laughs> without using Google? Um, oh, you didn't say uh, that. Oh, the highest grossing body swap film has got to be big. Okay, do you want to know what it is? I don't think it should be big. Maybe it's Freaky Friday, the remake. Right? If we're stretching, if we're stretching the parameters of what defines a body swap film, it's actually the highest grossing film of all time, Avatar. It's a oh, body swap Oh, fuck, film. yeah, of course. Yeah, so the most successful film, financially successful, bastard. is the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. Isn't it? If you think about it, you go, holy crap. What was the name of that actor in that, that film? Sam Worthington. Yeah, Sam Worthington turns into a Thundercat. <laughs> or an elongated Smurf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elf Smurfs. Yeah. And has sex with his tail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that! But you know, for a certain generation, that film is their Star Wars. You know, and the the gas thing about it was was uh, it wasn't until I was late on researching this last week that I realised I had written a body swap film because Wolfwalkers essentially is a body swap film, and it's done. That's a it's a a little film I wrote once. Um, you know, I'll I'll listen. I'll when it comes out, I'll let you know. But oh, I don't okay. think it's ever going to come out. Right, right, right. Um, but but in in Wolfwalkers, you have all of the tropes that you were just you were saying. You have a character who has to walk in the shoes of their enemy or their complete opposite, and see the world from a whole new perspective. And change is a consequence of that time spent in that other person's shoes, mm. or in that particular case in the in that uh, wolf's pause pause yes there we go i also wrote a body swap story did you yeah in, in grabbers o'shea is a drunk and he has to become sober he's got to walk a mile in a sober man's shoes ah no i'm just trying <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not trying better to- than me well there are some specific things that we kind of have to have in a body swap film. They're like, what would be off the top of your head? I think you've already mentioned some of them. What are some of the tropes that, oh, the, the, the absolute. Are you talking it, about scenes now? Things that. Kind of, yeah, tropes, scenes, things that you would find in a body swap film. I'll tell you what I did notice, right? Is that every time the, uh, the protagonist is a boy and he body swaps into a man's body, the very first thing they do in all of them is they check to see how their dick looks. <laughs> it's it. It's like oh yeah. okay, that's an easy it's the gag. Area. They look down and go like, well, hey, hey yeah. oh, dad is packing. But that's the case in practically every one of them. Is that the first thing you check out is your new guys? And I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but one of the gems that I discovered in my week of research was a Japanese animated film called Your Name. The day a star fell, it was almost like. Like seeing something out of a dream, nothing more or less than a breathtaking view. Wanna hit the cafe later? Thanks, but I gotta go to work. I can't stand this place anymore. It's too small and town. Please make me a handsome Tokyo boy in my next life! 
that you mention it, I do feel like I've been having weird dreams lately. Like a dream about someone else's life? What is this? Uh, what? What's this? <gasps> what's this mean? In our dreams, that girl and I... We're switching places? There's one thing I'm certain of. If we see each other, we'll definitely know right away. I was planning to tell you that wherever you are in the world, I swear that I'll find you again no matter what. Who are you? Who are you? Can, Can I, I ask, ask you, you your, your name? name? Oh, I'm all straight on to the Japanese animated films. I mean, you can't. You haven't seen it. My God, you, have, you should sorry, see my Netflix. Haven't... It's just like it's all <laughs> Japanese animated films. Hentai and. <laughs> but. Listen to this. What's mad about your name? Well, first of all, your name is one of the best body swap films ever made. But it's uh, essentially, it's about a boy and a girl. And it is a tr- a body swap in the true essence. But it does a lot of things uh, differently and interestingly. And it's basically about two high schoolers, uh, Mitsuya and Taki, a boy and a girl. And they're complete strangers. Which one is living- Taki? Taki is the boy and Mitsuya is the girl. And Mitsuya lives in a countryside in a very kind of rural town. And Taki is, lives in Tokyo and he's a very urban kid. They wake up in each other's bodies and we don't see why. It's just the very first scene is, and every other day they stay alternate. So the, the following day they go back to their body. Then the next day they're back in the other person's body. And it's a really unique riff on the body swap. Oh, concept. so they alternate? They alternate, yeah. Oh, that's what. You know, you were just describing about the checking the body out, right? Yeah. There's a brilliant use of that because every time the boy ends up in the girl's body... He just basically diddles himself for the whole day. (laughs) The first thing he does is, no matter what his emotion he's experiencing, he grabs his boobs and he squeezes his boobs every time. So he's doing it every other day. And his little sister or her little sister is opening the door to wake her up. And when she comes, when she opens the door, there's, you know, Tacky just grabbing his boobs. Yet he might be crying. And it's just, <laughs> it's brilliantly utilized. And it's so funny. And it just, it's just basically pokes fun at that trope. Yeah. It's just like, oh, come on, guy. Like, you know, of course you're just going to go to the boobs every time. But Your Name, it came out in 2016 and it was the biggest box office hit in Japan. It made something like, globally, it made like $250 million. Like it's a huge hit, a huge hit of a film. So is this a kid's film or is this like a family film? Or, yeah, or it's what? a family film. Oh, right, like, you right, know, right. it's kind of, it's a, it's an all round, it's an all round film. You could show it to everyone, but it is absolutely beautiful. It's written, directors, you know, um, editors and like basically. Wow, that's good. As long as they've edited it, I'll watch it. Ah, uh, yeah. But it was made by, uh, what is this? Uh, Makoto Sh- uh, Shinkai was his name. <laughs> Makoto Shinkai. And it is genuinely, it's a very different riff on the body swap movie because first of all you don't see the device that causes them to to to, to swap over that's where things can get dicey in these in these movies because sometimes oftentimes they lean into uh asian mysticism or yes. or roman gypsies or there's some sort of like othering of another culture yeah. in order to sort of say those guys can pull off anything so let's all you know hold on to a, a, a Asian amulet and suddenly it grants wishes and stuff. It can also be the thing that kind of breaks the film because like, for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll change it over, right? Uh, I, I want to go on to discussing the, the magic that causes the, the swap, right? What's the most common one? 
Well, the most common one is I made. I, I I wish I was in someone else's shoes. I wish I had a different life. The Freaky Friday thing, which is oh, you want to know where it really breaks the film? Uh, one I watched this week for the first time in twenty odd years or twenty five years was Face Off. I've been uh, chasing this guy ever since I joined the force. He he has no conscience and he uh, he shows no no remorse. He's the mastermind behind numerous bombings and political assassinations. He uh, has a felony list a mile long, murder, arson, kidnapping, terrorism, you name it. He's the most dangerous and brilliant criminal mind I've ever known. I, for years, I've, I've been watching him, tracking him, studying his every every move. I know his every, every mannerism, facial tick gesture. I know him better than he knows himself. And now, after all this time, I finally figured out a way to trap him. I will become him. Did you watch <laughs> Face Off? I did, yeah. I thought Face Off should have been in the spoofs episode, to be honest. Yes. Face Off came out in 1987, stars John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, and uh, we've got a cop and we've got a, the super criminal, super cop versus super criminal, and they have to swap faces and body. Well, just faces. And it is and the then they whole... put a, a, a microchip in the voice. That film, look, I tweeted that that film felt like it was mocking me, where it was like, is this yeah. what you want, you stupid child? Is this what, yeah. is this what you like? Yeah. Clap for the film, you dummy. <laughs> that was exactly it that was but it was also like one one bees away from being a spoof like i was because i watched so many spoofs the previous week i was constantly waiting for the spoof gag in the scene because it was so ridiculous Listen, there's a few it, of them there's a moment where the fbi lady is tonguing nicholas cage and yeah. then two seconds later she goes fbi it's like what the fuck <laughs> and <laughs> could you the, imagine jodie foster doing that in silence <laughs> of the lambs and the uh the, the the gag that John Travolta's character has of like, you know, um the story gag of 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 him identifying his family where he just runs his hand down his face. I really was waiting for his family just to slap his hand away. It was like that is so fucking annoying and just stop doing that. He just kind of like swipes his hand down a person's face as a gesture of love, and it is the least loving gesture. It, the only reason they have it is because they can have a close-up, do something that's on a, cl- a tight close-up of someone's face. And uh, I wish he could have just tugged her ear or, you know, stuck his finger up their nose. It, it was akin <laughs> to that. It was so intrusive and awful. But um, in that it's, film... It's a, it's a really fun action movie, but I think you need to be blind drunk to be on the same yes. level as the film. You know, it would be... Uh, it would be it's a brilliant... It's a brilliant party film. It's yeah. a brilliant film to sit down with a friend and do an audio commentary <laughs> to because it is so ridiculous and over the top. And in that film... The whole face-off science and the whole face and how long they spend with the whole face-off surgeries is so grotesque and over the top that you end up just laughing at the film. You were already, but you really are laughing at the film when they're doing the whole like body. Like, they're a foot, they're a foot in difference, and everything's just casually saying, "Well, can you change? Can you move my uh, take away my um, gunshot wound in my chest, but replace it exactly as it was afterwards?" Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, we'll just throw that in. It's just like I liked how they kept saying it's temporary. It's a temporary procedure. It's temporary. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, you're just basically going to graft his face onto somebody else's yeah. and. Yeah. Oh, but it is so ridiculous. So I really do feel the device, the switching device has to be 
super elegant and super throwaway and super if if it's something that you have to think about too much then you've broken the what film what was it the voice you know? in 18 again it was just they crashed the car wasn't it they crashed they into just, something no into he glass. made a wish the night before that night it was the 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 it was the eight the granddad's george burns's character's birthday it's 18 bo- or something he was and he made a wish to be they both they, they oh, blew yeah. up the candle at the same time and they made a I wish, wish i that could was be 18 again if that's I all be you 18, need. I'll be banging broads. For a film like this, that's all you bloody need. You know, you really need just like just make a wish and just, let's not get bogged down in the mechanics because it just breaks your film. But uh face off, it was so ridiculous, but it was so much fun at the same time. It was so much fun. It really was. I've implanted a microchip on your larynx. It's fantastic, but you'll have to be careful. Pressure, sharp blow, even a violent sneeze could dislodge it. Just repeat what you hear. Peach. I can eat a peach for hours. Peach. I can eat a peach for hours. That's a scratchy tickle. Mm-hmm. Peach. I can eat a peach for hours. Peach. I can eat a peach for hours. Once again. Peach. I can eat a peach for hours. Perfect. Now, Sean, six days until the 18th, the clock's ticking and so's the bomb. But of course, after they do the body swap, right? What's the next kind of ubiquitous thing after they swap okay, bodies? So they've checked out their privates. Yeah, they've, they've looked down the back of their pants. And yeah. Balls. Um, yeah. What's the next thing they have that in- inevitably has to happen? Well, what I like is the negotiation. Is where they come together and they go like, they figured out that, oh my God, I'm so old or what have you. And then it's like, yeah. you're going to have to do this and I'm going to have to do this. And let's pinky promise to pull this off today and we'll figure out a solution after we get through the big crisis, which is either do a driving test or or do a track meet or go to the, the other person's job and pretend to be them to, in order to not get them fired or whatever. Um, it's, it's the masquerade scene. it's the masquerading yeah. it's like you know you have to walk in their shoes uh, uh, yeah that's exactly it there's a couple that I love there's there's two that I absolutely adore uh, you already mentioned the Freaky Friday one I, I love that one it was such a fun that was such a surprise that yeah. film Anna honey wake up oh <laughs> I have had it I'm ready. For the Coleman family, Mondays are manic. Bye, honey. Make good choices. Wednesdays are wild. And for Anna and Tess, there's never enough time to really understand each other. What? Time's up. It's after six. But on Friday... You think my life is perfect? You couldn't last one day in my high school. Cookie. (laughs) That's all about to change. Because things are going to get a little freaky. Why am I in Anna's room? This isn't mine. Those aren't mine. That's definitely not mine. Walt Disney Pictures presents... So, you're in my body and I'm in your body. I'm old! I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper! Freaky Friday. Why don't we like... Yes, a jolt! Go! Yeah, I was really surprised. You know, when I watched that, I thought, oh, this is a cute film. I remember finding it cute at the time. And then as I went through all the other versions of it, I thought, oh, they really perfected it. They really got it to a point where 
they knew what worked and what didn't work from all the other films. And I did sort of the, the best version of all of the things you need in a good body swap movie. And you know what I took away from it? I took away how bloody good Lindsay Lohan was and is. Yeah. Like she's fantastic. They in both nailed film. it in that actually. They both, Jamie Lee Curtis was fantastic as well. I was really impressed by Lindsay Lohan. Really, really impressed by her performance. She's just, uh, it was like two total, but like she really, it didn't feel She was a great like she actress. Putting people on. forget that. She was yeah. just, um, she was just like a, a rich girl in her twenties who partied too much. But and Will, she still is. Hopefully her best days are still ahead of her. That was, that's what I'm I'm going to give you what my best scene is then. Because it's okay, from Freaky Friday. Please, and go on. There are a lot of great scenes in All of Me, which is a great, fun film. And okay. my runner-up will probably be the scene where uh, Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin are trying to do the masquerade. And yeah. they're trying to walk down the street. And just a physical performance of Steve Martin swishing one side and strutting yes. with the other. I thought Brilliant. that was great and really fun. But of all the body swap movies that I watched, the only one that came close to being affecting and yeah. being touching and moving and feeling like this entire story was about reconciling two people who are pulling apart and they are going to form a permanent schism in their relationship, but it gets fixed by them walking a mile in each other's shoes. And it's the end of Freaky Friday, the remake. And it's mm. when the Jamie Lee Curtis character has to give a wedding toast and uh, it's the daughter who's giving the toast and she basically says all the things that her mother needs to hear in order to feel um, like things are going to be okay for the family and she gives a toast towards her father who's died and uh, welcoming her stepdad into the family and I just thought of all the body swap movies they're always quite absurd and, and they're played totally for comedy's sake and sometimes it's it's all about the hijinks and that's all you need but this mm-hmm. was the only one that took it to another level and made it really touching and moving and I thought it's that scene the wedding toast scene at the end which fulfills the the sort of the, the promise of the movie and then they switch back I'm right there with you uh, Hi Hi um, I, I guess uh, I'm going to start the toasts so three years ago we had a really bad thing happen in our family we lost a father and a husband and I didn't think we'd ever be able to get over it but then this guy next to me came into the picture and everybody could see I was happy again I was singing in the shower again. Not well, I might add. (laughs) But I was still really worried about my kids, Anna and Harry. Whether they'd be able to accept a a new man in their life. And, And now I know how Anna feels. And, and what she feels is that No one uh, could ever take the place of her dad. Because he was a really great dad. But somebody could uh, be part of a new family. Its own kind of cool, new little unit. That for someone as special as Ryan, that we would all just make a little room. 
Anna really wanted her mom to know that. And I'm so glad you brought up All of Me because I really want to highlight All of Me. It came out in 1984. It was directed by Carl Reiner mm-hmm. and it stars Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. And it and basically it is, is... fantastic. Don't let me dissuade anyone up there from oh. you know putting it second tier ending. It's just that when you think of like archetypal body swap movies, th- that one is more like a riff on it. Yeah. Where it's inhabiting the same body. Yeah, they're both what's great about it is you've you've got Steve Martin, he's a he's a, a lawyer with who doesn't really know what he wants to do in his life and you've got uh, Lily Tomlin who plays this heiress who's been ill all her life and she's about to die and she does a deal with this this uh, spiritualist who uh, is going to put her soul into a, a perfect body but it, it accidentally she gets actually accidentally dumped onto Steve Martin's head and so they occupy she's operating the right side of his body and he's operating the left side of his body and the scene that you highlighted of them of Steve Martin trying to walk down the street <laughs> so and he can't it just highlights Steve how brilliant a Amazing. physical comedian Steve Martin actually is where am I? what? I'm breathing. I must be alive. Who said that? No, it can't be. I just died. I'm picking up General Hospital in my fillings. <gasps> then it worked. Oh, my Lord. <gasps> what the hell is happening to me? I feel like the healthiest woman alive. Oh. Who said that? I did. I'm going crazy. Uh-oh. That does not sound like Fred's daughter. There was a uh, there was a director, um, I think it was John Hughes actually said, that you can't shoot Steve Martin in a close-up because his entire body is performing and he's always bending and he's gesticulating and what have you. And, yeah. you know, that's true from the jerk onwards. But yeah, he he nailed it in that. He's so good. Yeah, I would highly recommend it because there's a great scene where he's, even right, he's to go to the toilet. So he's to go to the men's <laughs> restroom and sh- she's okay, operating. Explain this for me because I didn't understand why he couldn't use his other hand. I know. <laughs> it's just because it wouldn't have been as funny. That's the only reason, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, I use both hands all the time. So I mean, like. Did you notice it's a film that doesn't look great, right? It does. It's not. I wouldn't say it's shot very well. But what I was impressed by was their one practical effect, which was whenever they're standing in front of the mirror, they obviously created a, a replica set. Yeah. You know, so we had Lily Tomlin on one side of the mirror, and uh, when they walked in the first, when he walked into the the um, the restroom the first time, uh, there was obviously a set of twins. There was a guy taking a leak at the uh, at the <laughs> urinal, but his twin was on the other side, and they both walked away. At the same time to sell the gag yeah. and it was it was like I was thinking of Dan Martin I went Dan Martin would appreciate that I'm sure super imposition do you know what though I I had seen Airplane just a week before and the okay. gag where the pilot comes down the stairs and the, the wife hands him his jacket and his hat and then he, right. he he walks out of the mirror into the foyer and takes the, the jacket and the hat off her because they did a quick cut between establishing that he was walking towards a huge window in the foyer and then suddenly he was on the other side of the mirror and he just walked out of it. 
It was a very funny uh, trick oh, shot. Oh I, oh, I know what you're on about. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. It's so... Your your brain does a bit of a... Your brain becomes uh, unanchored. Because you go, whoa! <laughs> it's, such, it's, such, yeah, it's such brilliant trickery. I absolutely love it. Um, so there was one other film that you recommended to me that I'd never heard of, that I really wanted to highlight because I'd never heard of this before. And it was one of the gems, a gem of a find from the last week. And it's... Uh, a film, one of those examples where you take the the body swap trope and story type and apply it to an action sci-fi horror. Oh, and I know what you're going to say now. Yeah, You know what I'm going to say? It was the film that Kevin recommended to me called The Hidden. Step out of the car slow. I want answers and I want them now. Explanation won't help you. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some sold-out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people. We talking spacemen here? Something gets in his way, he kills it. Finds a body, gets inside, uses it to move around. And I don't know if anyone's seen The Hidden, but it came out in 1987. It was directed by... Great film. Jack, uh, is it is it Shoulder? I think it was Shoulder. Stars Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin and, and Michael Nouri, who I'd never heard of before or seen before. And um, there's... It's about... It's basically a body hunt. hopping is probably it's what body goes hopping. On with that. Yeah, yeah, kind of more like the thing a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it um, is. or Fallen. It, it, Remember Fallen, that movie with yes. Denzel Washington? Yes, that's exactly. But it's it. a really fun, uh, goofy sci-fi action film. That yeah, it, it. I think it was Chris Hewitt from Empire uh, turned me onto this one, but um, yeah, not many people have seen it, and it's a great action thriller. Well, not really a thriller, a great a sci-fi adventure movie. I, it was actually written by the guy who made National Treasure. Actually, has had a very long career in screenwriting. He wrote National Treasure, Rush Hour, Money Monster, a load of things. Um, but uh, it's honestly, if you haven't seen the the Hidden and you want to see a, a great eighties action movie that kind of reminds you of the Terminator, kind of reminds you of like uh, the Thing a little bit. Um, it's, it's a chase a movie where they're, they're trying to chase down. Um, an alien entity which keeps jumping into different bodies and having all the fun of like suddenly being in a bimbo's body or suddenly being in like a, a tough guy's body. And um, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, seeing as you're bringing that up, can I quickly mention like the horror genre has so oh, many yeah. great body swap movies. We all know of Get Out where the whole conceit yeah. of that is they want to basically soul swap. But um, this is a massive, massive spoiler. So me mentioning this is going to ruin the film for you. Are you talking, what film, are you talking, even the title of the film? I'm talking about Skeleton Key. Oh yeah, because you mentioned it to me and I watched it and so it was a spoiler, but still yeah. I think it's worth watching. Well, that's a great movie, I think. Yeah, And uh, a great good. body swap film. But then of course you've got Invasion of Body Snatchers. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's where I- we're blending, the, the, we're stretching the genre out a bit. We are stretching it. Yeah, it is. You're, you're almost on teetering on breaking point. The only reason I, I'm kind of like teetering because I'm stretching it up because I just want to highlight a film that I really enjoyed this past week and wanted to share. And I think it's a cracking little film. Another one you kind of have to mention can I just is... Mention, can I just mention one more? Please, and, and, go on. Uh, uh, play? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? 
franchise plays great. Brad Dorf jumps into the body, well, the the, the toy frame of a yeah. doll, and his yeah. entire storyline is that he needs to he needs to jump into the body of a little boy because that's the first person who saw his true identity, and yeah. um, and yeah, he's a murderous psychopath in the body of a child's toy, and I think those films some of those films are a lot of fun but the first one is a very good horror film and uh, it's not as stupid or goofy as you might think it is yeah so, hmm. it's a very malleable concept this it really is and like of course we cannot do this episode without bringing up being john malkovich which you watched for the first time i did yeah um yeah is that a that's almost like a third act body swap yeah it's definitely stretching the 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 concept, I think, to, to the maximum limit. That's a very quirky film, but I enjoyed it. What ones did you watch that you didn't like? The ones that I didn't like... Uh, 18 again kind of let me down a little bit because the reason with 18 kind of let me down is because we have George Burns going into his uh, going to his his grandson's body and when he's in in his grandson's body he isn't the least bit concerned that his grandson is trapped in in his comatose body and is just going I'm going to have a party and in my brain I was I was rewriting the film as this could be easily spun as a horror kind of I won't spoil anything, but it could easily be as like himself and his buddy go, hey, we could just keep living forever. Just find these young, <laughs> athletic guys and let's go chasing girls. Oh, that's and an that's actual, kind of- I think that's a, a comic book, um, a 2000 AD comic book called American Reaper, where <laughs> they snatch the bodies of young people and they jump into them. Um, wow. Old rich people will steal young people's bodies and um, hijack them and take them over, and and they are, yeah, that's the whole conceit of that that comic book. But oh my lord! This is the thing, right? I was saying to you about the genre this week, that if you legitimately, one hundred percent, switched bodies with somebody else, no matter who it is, I think that you would have a psychotic break. I think it would be so terrifying, and uncomfortable, and and re- uh, repulsive that yes. you just wouldn't. There'd be no hijinks happening at all. You'd just be screaming the entire time. Yeah, that's why it hasn't caught on. <laughs> they haven't gotten around the whole the uh, whole mental yeah. breakdown. Um, another one, I actually, and you asked me, did I dislike any? I actually didn't watch any film I hated. I actually, every I one did. of the films, I, okay, go on. What one did you hate? The Change Up. I thought the film was oh, really right. ugly and misogynistic yeah. and, uh, yeah, and distasteful. I just really didn't like it. That one, that one, they switch bodies by pissing into a fountain. Oh dear. Mm, there was one prelude to a kiss, which was also really bizarre and weird. Okay. That's I didn't where, get around to that either. <laughs> Meg Ryan on her wedding day gets kissed by an old man who jumps into a body and the old man and Meg Ryan's body. For some reason, Meg Ryan as the old man just wanders off. She doesn't really freak out or anything. She just right. gets, goes into a daze and walks off. So Alec Baldwin goes on his honeymoon with an old man and has sex right. with him. And the old man is so into it. This is an old man in Meg Ryan's body that Alec Bond's like, this doesn't sound like you. You're usually more apathetic and cynical than this, but you're like, let's have sex. Let's have a baby. And I kept thinking, this is an old man in the body. Like, what's oh. going on here? And the old man's like, I want to, I want you to put a baby inside me. I thought, oh God. What is this film? This is so strange. So I, I didn't enjoy oh, that one either. 
<laughs> I I want to give props to another one before I go on to my final pick. I have to give props to 13 going on 30. Uh, right. Have you ever seen it? Have no. you ever seen that one? It's actually very sweet. It's kind of a uh, complete knockoff of Big, where we have Jennifer Garner. She's a 13-year-old and she is basically becomes 30. And, uh, but Does it's she very, have very sweet. With a, with a grown man? She does. Oh, well, actually, I don't know if we actually actually consummates it. But again, <laughs> I it, it it is actually very sweet. And my wife swears by it. And I remember seeing this in my head going, oh, this is kind of sweet. But it wasn't up there as with my favourite pick. And I'm going to get into my favourite pick now, Kevin. I Here want to give myself go. a little Here bit of space. And I want to build up my barricades and defences because I'm going to have to feel I'm going to have to defend it. My favourite film, my favourite body swap film, was a film that I had no intention of picking as my favourite body swap film. I wanted to... I wanted to define something esoteric and that's why I really was going to try and get you make your name my pick and I think if you asked me a week ago I would have said your name hands down is the best body swap film and you should check it out it's on Netflix as a matter of fact before Hollywood remakes it but my pick has to be 1988's Big For Josh Baskin life was a little unfair Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Sweetheart, it's 7.30, are you up? Josh! 20th Century Fox presents... Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? You get a job. Cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. Can they pay you for that? Suckers! Vice president, he's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? Short upper legs around you so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her, then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. <laughs> What were you like when you were younger? Oh, well, I wasn't much different. It's your Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh... I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh, my God, you're married! It just might last a lifetime. It's directed by Penny Marshall, written by Gary Ross and Anne Spielberg. Names you should both know. Gary Ross went on to write and direct The Hunger Games. He did uh, Pleasantville, uh, Dave, Seabiscuit, a lot of kind of really good films. And Anne Spielberg, you should know it because she's Steven Spielberg's sister, you know? And she didn't really do anything after this. But who did I, Anne Spielberg. Oh. She, this was kind of like her main big film. Oh, okay. And um, she did some kind of like uh, low budget sci-fi stuff and they co-wrote it together. And I have to say, I left this to watch at the last minute and it was utterly 
charming. It was so it's wonderful. It's not a body swap movie, though. I don't care, Kevin. I it's don't care. He's, What's this, I don't care. Okay, so what is the, the big transformation, transformative arc of Big? The, his, his transformative arc is that he wants to be big. He wants to grow up fast and, and accelerate through childhood and uh, become an adult. And, and he, he does. He gets... And he does it. But... And then he realises that um, he'd sooner be a child. Because it's like an acceleration through life. He goes through the whole process of being an innocent child, losing his innocence. Actually, that was the thing that I felt disconnected from it, is that the whole movie felt really, really rushed. Like it was rushing from scene to scene to scene to scene to scene. And everything was moving at such a pace that I didn't believe any aspect of it. Not just him becoming big, but like, I was like, what's the... Where are the jokes and where's the sentiment and where is Interesting. the... Where is Interesting. The, where's the, 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 the internal conflict here? It just felt everything was going easy for him. No, man. Okay. I want, I, I think I, I really feel... I have answers for you, right? If you felt things were rushed, right, I can, I can send you the, the Blu-ray because there's an extended cut in the Blu-ray where everything, they extend a lot of scenes out a lot more. They put a lot more information. There's, the pacing is a lot slower and there's a, there's a lot more information in there that kind of answers a lot of the questions. So there's one Did you watch that character. version? Watched most of it, yeah. I watched like uh, maybe an hour and a half and I just was too exhausted to see the last half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever was left in it. And I really felt, and there was alternative takes on uh, scenes as well. Do you think it's icky that he had sex with a grown woman when he's um, 12 years of age? It's a little, it's a little bit weird, <laughs> but what if you were talking about what are I'd the stakes? I'd love to know how that, how the female character sort of processed all that afterwards, where she saw the little boy walk back into it, the home of his mother and she's like, I just banged that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is they, they, what I found, there was a discovery I had, which is on the Blu-ray there was a brilliant audio commentary and it was with the writers, which is so rare to have an audio commentary with the, with the writers where they actually talk about the process because Penny Marshall, who directed, she's no longer with us, where they talk about the process of, of coming up with it. But not only that, they had Anne Spielberg actually recorded their story set in sessions back in 1985 and she actually dug up those story sessions. Same as like have, Raiders Lost Ark. He must have done that yeah. for a lot of films. But when maybe she got the habit from him, I'm not really sure. But what they actually, in the audio commentary, you hear them coming up with the ideas and so Gary Ross had the concept because he was like thrown out he was just trying to get a pitch and he was like going oh what if a what if a dog swapped with a cop what if a dog swapped with a cop and all that sort of stuff and anyway what if a you know a kid swapped with his older self and he, he that was the one that he found interesting and he was just he was neighbors to Anne Spielberg and and she was trying to be a writer as well and pitched it to her and she went this is great and they just kept meeting up and they just over the course of 24 hours they they had 70% of the film and you hear it on tape, them actually in the room as writers having the, the beats and the plot of the story starts coming down, you know, and the character trajectory. She spent and, a little longer on it. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> stop it. You're so, so Vice Versa here. is a much Kevin, better directed Kevin. film. Well, no, it, it directed. Yes. Kevin. There's too many f- cross fades in Big. Oh my God. I don't think that Big counts as a body swap movie. I don't care what The Guardian says. I don't care what The Best Bits Kevin. Podcast says. It's not a body swap. 
And that's the final episode of the Best Bits Podcast, folks. Thanks for uh, checking, you know, us out. And, um, you know. (laughs) It is actually a really, like, you can see where the movie was a massive hit. And it really did turn Tom Hanks into a superstar. Like, this is the, the movie that everyone thinks of as, like, his major vehicle of the 80s. Well, of course. Well, the thing about it was is that he they wrote it with him in mind. He was busy. He couldn't do it. So it was actually uh, the person who was being pipped for it was Harrison Ford for a while. And oh, I don't he, know about that. I can't yeah. imagine him in that role. But but I'll give you. There's a there was a year where Robert De Niro was going to do the the older part. Didn't and he had, lobby for it? He really wanted to play the part. Yes. Yes. And they had to rewrite, they rewrote it with the kids living in the, in uh, coming up from the Bronx. And they said the whole film had a different edge to it. And they tried to make it work for a week. And it just, not a week, but tried to make it work for a year. And it just, it just said, it just didn't feel right. The boy got into the body of like a a mafia don. It felt like that for him. And (laughs) it, it just didn't, it didn't, it just didn't feel right. And eventually it came back around to Tom, I think because it was actually, it was doing the rounds for so long. Tom Hanks's window opened up and they had a chance. He said, okay, I'll give it a go. But when they were shooting it, they all thought it was going to be a disaster. Like Tom Hanks and, uh, and, um, oh, uh, John Lovett. John Lovett. <laughs> Are you jealous? I know, I know he doesn't say that in the film, but it's something I know that he says in real life. Elizabeth Perkins, they used to, they were talking to each other saying, it's oh, yeah, this stinks. is going to, this stinks. <laughs> this is going straight to DVD. Um, but I want to say one of the reasons, one of the, the essential things for making a body swap movie work are the performances. You look at all the films we've mentioned earlier uh, already, Freaky Friday. Vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah, definitely. You know. 18 again. Because I, <laughs> I think the great performances genuinely in that film. Genuinely. By in 18 again. I think the kid was great. Exactly. I, I was just about to say that. Yeah, the kid in 18 again was great. And but poor George Burns, I just thought it was just like he was just, he was actually the, 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 the worst aspect of that film for me. Yeah. Um, uh, he's even his line reading and stuff like that was just, was not on. But Tom Hanks but, is Tom Hanks. But, but what Tom Hanks did, I think for me, this is Tom Hanks' best role. And because of his performance, but also the performance of his young kid friend, um, it's a, it was Jared Rushton. Billy was the name of the kid. The way they bounced the off each other. The little foxy fella. Yeah, Jared Rushton. Yeah, and he didn't have much of a career after <laughs> this, like, you know. But he, the two of them, the way they interacted with each other, it really was, uh, it felt genuine. It felt so sincere uh, and playful and wonderful. You're, you're uh, questioning the stakes of the film. Mm-hmm. And did the film have stakes? And the film, for me, had the, the greatest stakes. This, this, the stakes were that Josh was uh, on the precipice of completely abandoning his former life. He was going to leave his best buddy and truest friend, Billy, who saved him and fucking pulled him out of this awful situation. He was willing to walk away from his family because of the love of Elizabeth Perkins's character, Susan. And he was getting, he had just accelerated and become a man. He had lost his childhood. And that, those were the stakes for me. And when he... When Billy, even despite Josh kind of pushing him away and uh, 
Billy comes to him and says, look, I've got the answer. Here's the bloody Zoltar machine. And there's the answer. If you want to become a kid again, there's the solution. It's not until he really does go back home and feel like he is missing. He's missing being a, a kid. Um, you were also talking about the direction the, and the writing and the jokes. Well, the, the writers specifically said, uh, Gary, Gary Ross and, and, and Spielberg, they pulled out the jokes. They wanted to lean away from it being a straight out comedy. Whenever they felt they, were, they had a one-liner in a scene, they, they deleted it and they said, no, we don't want to go for, we don't want this to be a film that is about the, the zinging uh, gag, the easy gag. We want it to come from character and character situations. So the humour in the film is really in action, not in dialogue as such. And that was a very conscious decision by the, the writers. And I think the way Penny Marshall, you know, got the performances that she did from Tom Hanks and the kids, I think is shows that it is just a, an incredibly well-directed film. Not only that, it's beautifully shot. Shot by, guess who shot, do you know who shot Big? Um, no. Barry Sonnenfeld shot it. Wow. It's beautifully shot. So it's the contrast of the scenes from when, when in the beginning of the film, we see it very much from a ch- from a child's eye point of view. When uh, Tom Hanks goes back as an adult to his hometown and he sees his neighbourhood, the, the cinematography is different. It's off. It's very much uh, shot at a distance, very much from a high angle. And you feel, the, the, the visual language of the film makes you feel separate from that world, like you're looking back at the past. And for me, it was incredibly poignant, incredibly moving. And I, I loved it. Okay. And I'm going to give you my best bit scene, right? I'm going to give you my best bit scene. And the scene I'm picking as my best bit is from Big. And it is <laughs> from the scene when uh, Josh has become an adult. He's grown to his bigger self. He's had to leave his house because his mother's going to kill him. And uh, and Billy has taken money from his family and they've basically gone into the city. Because she thinks her son has been kidnapped and she's basically in a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, that's where she and the guy and there was a guy in her living room wearing her son's underwear. But the only person who's rescued him is his best friend Billy, who's taken money from home. And they've gone into this fucking dive hotel and it's basically pimps, prostitutes, drug dealers, and drug drug addicts, right? And even when they go to the to the to the reception, the guy at the reception is missing his front teeth. And they say, <laughs> one of the funniest laughs I actually got in the film was they go up to the reception and you go, Hi, and and the good receptionist just burps hi back to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. But your feet you feel the dread. Yeah, and it's grim. But I was also really like grim. thinking, and I suppose it plays into the, the, the side character's journey. I thought he's gonna travel all the way back by himself at like 10 o'clock at night exactly. from New York. Yeah. Was it, yeah. That's extended, wasn't a latchkey kid, but he that's just felt always, like... That's dealt with in the extended edition. His family, the family next door, is really bleak. Their situation, Billy's home so, life is bleak. As you were saying all that, I was starting to think, I know I've seen scenes where it was established that, um, what's the friend? Is he Billy, the friend? Billy, yeah. Billy has a really unhappy home life. He's got a lot of brothers and sisters and his dad seems to be, his, his mother and father don't seem to be paying him any affection. I think they even spank him or there's some sort of... His mother his is very abu- is yeah. emotionally incredibly abusive. Yeah. yeah. She's very abusive. And so the movie, the extended version of the movie or the scenes that I thought, I have a sense of memory of seeing, but I didn't see them in this, 
which is why I felt like the movie was so slight, um, was that he, that Tom Hanks's character was going to be there for his friend. Um, he was going to go back to being a child to be there for his friend and that uh, he was leading by example almost and that the best friend was not going to become a runaway kid um, because of what happens in the story. It's all very vague to me, but I just remember there was a lot more with the best friend and his home life and him wanting to escape his his family situation. I I I totally know because the scenes were were shot and they were there and I watched the, both versions on the same day or almost all of the extended vision right. extended version and I really felt the the tighter the theatrical version is a very lean tight film and is it it's very much completely focused on on Tom Josh, Hanks Tom Hanks's character and I think it's the right decision mm-hmm. because the extended cut felt baggy and felt. You know, it it was a, it was a slower film. It was a slower film, and I think the point that where we get to at the end of that film is a really poignant and emotionally for me. I was really moved by the end of the film. Um, but really? I want to go back to the I want to go back to the scene that I my my best bit scene from Body Swap, and my, my best bit scene is when when they go up to the room. And it's a dive. And, you know, Tom Hanks is, and Billy just kind of says, look, well, best of luck. And he says, I'd lock the door if I were you. And uh, Billy leaves to go back through all the shit back home through uh, awful New York. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Hanks like locks the door and the scene I love is that scene where he's just alone in this room and there's gunshots outside. He starts crying. He starts crying, but yeah. it's not overacting. It's him. He first of all, he sits in a chair and he's just looking at the door at the and puts, makes sure the locks are done. And you just really feel that this is a vulnerable boy, not an actor overacting in a scene. But he really captured the vulnerability and the 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 dread that he's experiencing, and he's a, he's completely alone. And that emotional ex- no, but then two scenes later, he's like lying on the bed watching. Uh, a movie and eating Oreos and he's like happy as a fucking clam and I'm like okay they're jumping so far ahead they're racing through this story to to hit all the marks that they need to but that was that was like I'm just jealous that you got to pick a classic and I'm like out here defending a film that no one has seen (laughs) well he well he I I felt no for me the pacing of the film was just absolutely perfect I think Tom Hanks is absolutely amazing I for me this is it was a five star it was a four star film for me for me now it's a five star film I really think it's a gem I think it's beautiful and powerful I had a different experience watching it last night than I did when I was a kid because last night I felt I felt Jesus I miss my childhood. The final beat of the film, the final beat of the film is him walking down the, the street and he's he's gone back to his normal size and his office suit is all dragging on the street behind him and you just see him going in the front door and his mother, and he could hear his mother screaming because he's back and I just it broke me it really did break me because who kind of doesn't want that opportunity to be able to just walk for one moment to be able to walk back in that front door and have that reaction and I felt yeah I just went oh such a touching beautiful tender bittersweet film so for me that it's my favourite body swap film I know I'm bending the rules but damn it it's why I'm going to be editing the episode
Kevin, I am going to spin the wheel for you for next week. Okay. Brilliant. Ready? No. Spin. <laughs> Do you remember when Lucas said to uh, you and McGregor, you don't need to make the sound of the, uh, the lightsaber? You don't need to make the sound of the wheel. <laughs> In my head, I kind of do. Anyway, Kevin, your topic for next week is uh, best de-aging scene. Kevin, say it again. De-aging. Best? Best de-aging scene. So I assume this means a scene where we have an actor who has been digitally de-aged. transformed and de-aged to be a younger version of themselves. You know, we, so that's really, keeping us. we really did commit wholeheartedly to weirdly specific themes. <laughs> yes, yes. I can already tell this is going to be a bumper extravaganza. <laughs> or This is going to be the episode that puts us to the top of the podcast charts. Do you know what, though? Just as you say that, usually I'm always scrambling for a pick. I think I've already got my pick for this. So no now I just need to, to pad the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it just, as you said that, I thought, okay. I, I know what I'm going to pick for that. I just, in my head, I just went, oh, does that mean you're just going to have to watch Marvel films? Is that is that what this is? No. You know? no, no, there's no. more. There's, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. But okay. This within. Okay. All right. Very good. So next week, best de-aging scene. Please give us a review on whatever podcast provider you listen to that allows you to rate and review podcasts. It helps us to bump up the charts and be discovered by other people downloads listens doesn't help as much as ratings and reviews and if you like the podcast and don't want to be a backer on patreon this is the next best way that you can support us that's my pitch uh we never usually say it we've forgotten to say it for so long so i thought i'm gonna shoehorn it in this time the best way to back us is just be a backer on patreon you get more of us yay (laughs) all right kevin 20 odd episodes on there now lordy lordy yeah price of a pint Come here next week or Come next here. time. Next time, best de-aging scene. I am looking forward to it. Me too. Goodbye. <laughs> the Best Bits podcast is produced by Will and Kevin. All audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you have any notes, comments, scene suggestions, or just want to get in touch with us, email us at bestbitspodcast at gmail.com. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show, the full episode plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Fuck up. <laughs> Talk to you, you stupid cunt. The best things we can really have And the other guy best things we can really have The other guy, you know his name That guy, what's his face That guy Ignorant as fuck with Kevin Lee Hand. How are you, Will? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm grand. Did you like that theme tune? I love that theme tune. It might have been my favourite so far. Uh, <laughs> I think it was as well. <laughs> definitely, I'd say it's definitely your favourite. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was at one of the great Irish traditions at the weekend. My niece's communion down at Cork. Cork. Go on. I can't wait. Well, I want to say this, right? Kevin just slips, slips limply. <laughs> leaves. 
I said to my I, I said to my daughter uh, in school on Monday mornings, they do news. What's your news, right? News and bio. And my my daughter said she kept my picture up from school. And she said, um, I said, did you do your news today? And she says, yeah, but I didn't really get to say much of what I wanted to, to tell him. You know, so she wanted to tell him about the trip down to Cork, like, you know, and as it has. Is this just a ploy for the teacher to get all the gossip about the kids? Yeah, I think all the teachers do it. All the teachers get their children to do news on a Monday morning and they just get all the gossip. My mum and dad were reefing the head off each other on Saturday night <laughs> and on Sunday they went for dinner to make up. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> Carmel, do you have any news? My dad crashed the car again. <laughs> Let me tell you, right? So Ellie said to me, she said, no, I didn't really get to say much, like, you know? And I went, oh, well, thank God, like, you know? But then as it turned out, it turned out she said everything. She was like going, oh, we talked about, you know, your, I, I, I said, well, thank God you didn't get to tell me about my, my shaving foam exploding in my, in my changing bag. She says, oh, I did get to tell him that. I was like, oh, right, okay. Well, did you tell him about, you know, your your cousin, you know, the girl who was getting her communion, breaking her leg the night before the communion? Oh, yeah, I told her, told him that as well. I was like, okay, right. Did you tell him about? <laughs> did you tell him? So turns out, turns out that my go on. <laughs> at the last communion, at the last communion, right? They had a photographer. A, a photographer came over and took photographs. And right, listen, this, listen. I can see he wants to cut in, but let me just finish this, and I'll be, I'll get off it. And we'll start the timer. As we kind of got together for timer a photograph started. of me and my niece. Now hold on, with my niece, right? He drops the camera, right? He drops the camera, and he says to me, "Love the podcast." And I was, what? <laughs> he just another fella yeah. said that to you. Well, it was the same guy who said. Remember, I, t- I said two years ago. Is he still listening? Nieces. I don't know if he's Fucking still listening. Well, he said it to me two years ago, so he pr- he's probably not listening anymore. Are we on a delay? <laughs> I don't know. I think we might be because we're tripping over each other. Okay, let's let's uh, hang up and join again. How does that sound? This sounds fantastic. Welcome to the best bits Patreon. Give us money. 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 Hello, Will. How are you? Hi. It's great to get on mic for another mini bits. Yeah. Raw. Raw. Does that seem better? That does seem better. Listen, oh, I've okay. seen a load of stuff. Let's start the timer. Okay. I saw Monkey Man. I saw Civil War. I saw Conor Brian Must Go, Sugar, mm-hmm. Fallout, Ripley, the Steve Martin documentary. Ton stuff. L- yeah. la- late night with the devil. I keep wanting to say last night with the devil. Baby reindeer. The jinx has come back. So I want to talk about all of those with you. So that's what we're going to talk about. And yeah. for those who aren't on the Patreon, bye bye. <laughs> look, tough look. Mm-hmm.